0: Session
1: with Dr. Good evening and welcome to In Session with Dr. Fadid Holakwi. I'm your host, Dr. Fadid Holakwi, and I'll be with you for the next hour here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in: 310-441. 0555 i'm a licensed clinical psychologist so you can call in with any questions related to clinical psychology including any emotional or psychological issues parenting issues and relationship issues as well you can also follow me on twitter or instagram or like my page on facebook to get updates on the show or suggest topics for the program and the shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my soundcloud page and free podcast on itunes Again, the studio number 3104410555. Before I get into the books, I wanted to announce again that we're doing the second annual Radio Hamra Toy Drive where we are collecting toys for Mattel Children's Hospital here in Westwood. And um, last year we had an outpouring of generosity from listeners and it was very exciting. And Susie Khatami is again helping us to have this toy drive again. So if you'd like to donate a gift... Please uh, send it our way. Either you can hand deliver it or mail it yourself. Uh, A note about the gifts. They must be new, brand new, and unwrapped. And they can be from essentially any age, from babies to teenagers um, and everything in between. And you could either mail them to us if you don't live in the L.A. area, can't bring it here yourself. Uh, Our address here is 1762 Westwood Boulevard, Sweet. Three three zero, Los Angeles California nine zero zero two four, or you can come in and hand deliver it to that same address. To the offices here at Radio Hamroff Monday through Friday, nine a.m. to five p.m. And we only have about two weeks left. It's going to be next Friday, December fifteenth, will be the last day. So hope you will join us in collecting gifts for these wonderful kids who uh, deserve a smile to lighten up their face hopefully this holiday season um, going through everything that they are going through so look forward to seeing what you will send our way because last year we were really uh, we actually almost running out of the room in the offices because of all the gifts that were sent so thank you again for last year but hope to see that happen again this year okay before I do the summary of the book for this past week um, the book for next week is we Were Eight Years in Power by ta Coates. We Were Eight Years in Power, An American Tragedy. And you might recall this same author, ta Coates. Uh, I did the book Between the World and Me as a book club or book of the week book a couple months ago. And this is his latest book that uh, came out this year. So I hope you'll join me in reading that. I'll talk about it on the show next week. Um, but the book for this past week was Altered Traits, by Daniel Goldman and Richard Davidson, altered traits science reveals how meditation changes your mind, brain, and body. So this book, as the title implies, or the subtitle implies, is about meditation, and these two authors, Daniel Goldman, whose name you might recognize as the author of the book Emotional Intelligence, which came out in the '90s and really uh, introduced that term into the lexicon of not just psychologists, but um, the world at large. Uh, But he himself is a longtime meditator along with Richard Davidson. And the book essentially looks at the science and the research on meditation. And they try to do a good job, and I, I think they did, of course. I can only really take what they read at face value. I don't know all the research they're looking at, but it seemed that they wanted to be very fair in how they looked at the research, not just to say meditation is the best thing ever and it can do everything, but to really look at the studies and say, were they rigorously done scientific studies? Were the conclusions that were drawn reasonable or not reasonable? Are there some myths that have actually come about regarding meditation that might not be true or might not be supported by the data and the research? Um, And also to make it more clear what the new research is showing us. As they mentioned, a lot of the research on Meditation had some issues or limitations. To begin with, one issue was very often they didn't have a control group. So they would just have some people learn how to meditate or follow them as they meditated for a short amount of time and uh, notice the changes in their brain or different types of behavior and say this was due to the meditation. But of course, we know in research you have to have a control group to see what happens to people not undergoing whatever your treatment or intervention is. And sometimes you also would benefit from having an active control group. So if one group is getting some kind of treatment, you want the other group to get something so that it's not just that they're standing there while one group gets some kind of intervention. You want to make it more evenly matched. Now, Another issue they found in a lot of the research was that they didn't differentiate between the different types of meditation. So for someone who's a novice meditator who has never meditated before, we might think of meditation as this one monolithic thing, but actually there are very different types of meditation, um, and as they describe, they might lead, or the research can show that they lead to different types of changes or improvements in the brain or behavior. So to just lump meditation into one big thing is really missing a lot of what's there, and so. A lot of the research they found did exactly that. They didn't even differentiate what type of meditation they were looking at. They just made it one big thing, and that can be an issue. Another uh, issue in the research is that sometimes they um, didn't differentiate the number of hours someone did as far as meditation goes. So they would compare novices and experts and their novices would have never meditated before, and the experts would just be a big group, some of which had maybe done a little bit of meditation, but some who had done thousands of hours of meditation, and to lump all of those in one group can really blur the data and make it unclear what you're looking at. So like many different issues, one of the things they talk about is how we need to have better research on meditation, but they, they show how a lot of good research has been done looking at the benefits of meditation and so they through different chapters explore different aspects of how meditation can um, be beneficial and if you want an easy take home um, it is that meditation is a wonderful thing and something that essentially all of us would benefit from doing. I've talked about this before but to me it's kind of like exercise for the brain where it's not like exercise is bad for anyone same thing is true of meditation. Pretty much everyone would benefit from meditating and actually the analogies can extend in certain ways. Another an issue people have regarding meditation is they say they don't have the time, which is similar to what we say about physical exercise. But if we recognize how good it is for us, how it can really change your brain and change your life for the better, that might make it more convincing for you to actually take up the practice Of meditation. So they describe um, many of the benefits of meditation, and I won't break them down one by one because um, they're they're too numerous to to describe in a short period of time. But they show that although not all of us will become monks or yogis who do in the thousands of hours of meditation, uh, many of us might do a little bit of meditation, but the research shows us that this actually can help. Um, For example, It can improve things like um our ability to uh let me see where did i write that down oh um have empathy that's something that can be done pretty quickly in in just a little bit of time we can become better at that even they did research showing that with just a little bit of meditation practice people um, improve their scores on the gre so if you're someone thinking about taking a standardized test like the gre Well, some meditation actually might be a great addition to your studying. Um, Even improvements in attention, which also will help in studying, but life in general, including better focus, less mind wandering, and improved working memory were also shown. And a note about attention that they talk about, which I thought was interesting. There's this idea about multitasking and how we should all seek to multitask because we're so busy and it's a sign of how busy we are that we're multitasking and that's a a good use of our time. But as they describe, there really isn't any such thing as multitasking. What you're really doing when you think you're multitasking is switching your attention from one task to another very rapidly and then switching back to another task. And if you're doing three things, switching amongst those things, but you really don't do two of them at the same time and actually what ends up happening is when you're switching back and forth you don't have the attention or the focus that you can have when you're just focused on one thing so although we think we're being more efficient when we're multitasking in fact we're not um but even you know going to other benefits of meditation for someone who's just a beginner it can even make uh, improvements in things like inflammation um which is pretty remarkable. But as they note, a lot of these studies would look at some people after they've learned how to meditate or done a short stint of meditation, but likely those changes won't stay unless they keep practicing. They won't keep those benefits forever. Um, But then they move from the beginners. They talk about long-term meditators, those who have done at least a thousand hours of practice. And these people see even more benefits if you're able to put in that much work. Um, Even again, issues related to less reaction to stress and inflammation, um, less levels of distress and even decreased levels of the stress hormone cortisol were shown, and also people become better at connecting with other people. So something that many of the types of meditation can help in is making you more empathic. able to connect to other people Um, this is especially true of something called loving kindness compassion meditation where the focus is on uh, showing love and compassion for everyone beginning with even yourself extending that to loved ones people you care about but then importantly even extending that to people you don't know or don't like uh, which can be a very hard part for a lot of us to extend that feeling of care and love for people you don't like very much, but there's types of beneficial, uh, meditation that help, uh, with that. And of course, again, the improvements in things like attention become even stronger and people who meditate longer. And then lastly, they talk about what you can consider Olympic level meditators. And these are people who almost meditate as a job, meaning they do it so much that it becomes like their work, they might be, um, living. In retreats for a couple of years at a time and have put in as they describe it at least 27,000 lifetime hours of meditation so of course that's quite a bit but in these people you see incredible changes and um, Richard Davidson one of the authors of the book he has done studies on these um, yogis with these uh, incredible number of hours logged meditating and we see brains like you've never really seen before Um, Their brains are more active in a good way. They show more gamma rays, which is the highest uh, brain wave or the fastest brain wave. And this occurs when differing brain regions are firing in harmony. Now, for most of us, this only occurs for brief moments. We have a brief moment where we have gamma waves in our brains. But here they found that the meditators could actually sustain this type of wave in their brain for Uh, even a minute at a time, or longer than that. Something that's never been seen or measured in other brains before. Even what they found was that the brains of these yogis aged more slowly than those who don't meditate. So when you compare a 50-year-old brain who has meditated this much with another 50-year-old, it appears much younger. Um, And this, again, reminds me of exercise. If someone exercises regularly regularly, Their body and their health physically is going to be in better shape than someone average of their age. It'll look and appear younger. And we see the same thing there. Um, And even when it comes to pain, it's interesting. These yogis had a very interesting response to pain. Now, they were put in this study where they were going to feel a very hot temperature on their arm this really a metal plate or some kind of metal was getting hard uh, hot and they were going to get a warning that it was coming for about 10 seconds now for most of us when we get this warning that we're about to feel this strong pain we have this strong reaction of pain already almost as if we're hurting before it happens kind of like you're bracing yourself for impact but for them this was not the case they had little signs of anticipatory anxiety so it as if they were so in the moment even though though They were being told the pain was coming. They stayed in the moment. Then they felt an intense reaction to the pain. They were in the moment with the pain, facing that pain, but then a rapid recovery. So once the pain stopped, unlike most of us who stay in the pain and have a hard time getting away from it, they were able to move on and be in the moment again. So these were again the Olympic level meditators, uh, a level that most of us or maybe none of us will reach. But the good news is we don't have to meditate that much to get the benefits. Uh, And I've talked a lot about meditation on my show, and this book even more makes me want to talk about the benefits of meditation because the science is so clear. And again, using that analogy of exercise, the reason why I talk about it so much or I want to keep talking about it is it's as if you found out about physical exercise, but most people didn't do it or a lot of people didn't believe in it, and you were Uh, a medical doctor or someone who's trying to promote public health. Um, You, of course, would want to tell people far and wide about how important it is and how helpful this can be for everyone Uh, and really get them to see that this is something very, very real that could benefit their life. So that's how I feel about meditation. It's not just something that might benefit a few people or something that the science doesn't back up. It's very clear that meditation can help all of us um, become the better a better version of ourselves and to feel better as well. And, and the authors also touch on the importance of teaching kindness and empathy to our children, something that I thought was very important. And there are some mindfulness based programs for preschoolers that have been proven to be very good that improve things like kindness, empathy, and children's ability to relate to one another. And they talk about how we almost have a moral duty, or it should be like a moral duty to teach our children from a young age to be more kind and to be more empathic. We focus so much on academics in school, but why isn't it essentially compulsory that all children go through these types of trainings, these types of exercises to strengthen their compassion muscles and kindness muscles in their brains and they cite in the research how it appears that this type of meditation or improvements in kindness and empathy appear to be the quickest which to them they feel is an indication that it's almost like we're primed for this that are there's a general goodness that we have or this is something that's already within us that we can help bring out and I think I would agree with them in that sense, that children have this goodness within them, but we have to just cultivate it, encourage it, and strengthen what's already there within them. And that this can lead to long-term benefits for the individuals, but as in the world as well, as people become more kind, more empathic, um, have less of a sense of us versus them, and see a more oneness between us. So I think there's a lot of wonderful messages that the authors presented in the book But a big take home was, as I said, meditation works. Meditation can help you in a lot of ways, from improving your concentration to helping with feelings of even depression and anxiety, um, and just overall uh, allowing you to become again a better version of yourself. So I, I hope it'll encourage you to meditate. It doesn't take a lot of effort to get started, and you don't have to become an expert yogi. You can do it in small doses and still see benefits but like physical exercise the consistency can help as well um but if you want more convincing read this book altered traits by daniel goleman and richard davidson it really was a good book looking at the science uh behind meditation and again the book of the week for this week is we were eight years in power by ta-nehisi coates All right, we've reached our first commercial break. Studio number 3104410555. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's go to a caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, hi, you're on the air.
0: Good afternoon, doctor. Thank you for your time.
1: My pleasure. Go ahead.
0: Doctor, a cool question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a, um, we are a first immigrant, uh, as, as you know, like six years ago, my family immigrated to USA and we become extremely successful, educated, with high moral, all the good things, no bad things. But
1: <laughs> Okay. I'm not I sure. I think we all have some bad things, but yes, I'm, I'm sure you guys have done great here. Sixty years, um, you've been in the, state.
0: Give the society, compassion, love, respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, the name of the, uh, mainly um, following the the guideline of the law and everything. On that sense, I'm talking okay. about. I raised my daughter alone uh, with the same concept: total protection, respect, everything. when, but when you say when you say, when you say
1: alone, what do you mean by alone?
0: Uh, a single parent. Okay, how? Parent.
1: Okay, how old were, were, was she when you divorced uh, her father?
0: She was two, two? and I raised her um, with uh, with love and protection as best as I could. With okay. uh, um, a lot of doctors around, <laughs> psychiatrist in the family, and I did try my best. But I think I raised a very uh, I, you. I was, for 1st time hearing you about you know tonight and I was extremely impressed with meditation and mm-hmm. compassion. and that was exactly how I raised her. And now she's very successful, education wise and you know helping many. But she suddenly, a few years ago after she broke up with her boyfriend, which was uh, in college, she decided not to want to talk to me anymore. Because I think my my conclusion was we were totally merged too much mm-hmm. as a single parent. And being a strong woman, I was extremely predict- per- protective. But I decided, and I accepted, you know, like after she decided not to talk, she said, I need the space. And I totally respected that. So I kept uh, with fifty different languages, <laughs> I send apology if I did anything wrong, including choosing the wrong man, not to have a father in her life. I've done all I could. Now I come to to this holidays is difficult because mm-hmm. it's three years she is not with me and she she just sent one line for my birthday, I love you, happy birthday, mom. I'm thinking about you. What should I do, doctor, to reach her without exposing... I'm getting exasperated, mm-hmm. and I'm very sad, and I don't know why. I respect her decision, but I occasionally send a, a music or something, and not too intrusive. Mm-hmm. What's your recommendation? And I, I hear from, from many of my friends the same thing. They, they raise a child with a lot of success and passion and love, and the children don't want to have anything to do with it. Well, conclusion conclude, hmm. must might be little too <clears throat> successful. She was all the time saying, I can't believe as an immigrant, like you got all eight, and she had problems in school. Is it, what is it? How can I approach her? I'm totally um, yeah. in the last hope. I'm hoping for a, as you as a child of a successful immigrant. Mm-hmm. And what can you guide me to know how I can reach her, I cannot reach her anymore. Like, hmm. I reach her, as I said, these past two years, one line per year.
1: Mm-hmm. You said, so let me just to get some of the basics. How old is she now?
0: She is 28.
1: 28. And you said, how long have you guys not been in contact or very, very minimal?
0: Uh, uh, two years.
1: Two years. Okay. Um, You know, I'm sure there's a lot to unpack here and uh you know i know you're hoping for a miracle but i'm not uh, i'm not going to claim we're going to find a miracle but hopefully we can at least find some hope or at least figure out maybe what you can do or what would be best for you to do going forward now
0: I appreciate that
1: one thing you know you even mentioned something about uh, like getting straight a's here as an immigrant and then her kind of comparing herself to you in some way yes. do you think you did put that pressure on her in any way to to, to be, because you keep talking about being a strong, successful woman.
0: Well, uh, okay, uh, I have uh, it, it was just a, a monologue in our family, four doctors and and, and medical doctors, and I uh, have doctorate in, in, in engineering, so one of a few women in the valley in the USA, but mm-hmm. what uh, this for sure, like I sent her a very good school uh, summer, but she was Extremely happy content. Uh, she was in, she, I sent her to Europe. She had all the upbringing of American child, plus the foundation of a Persian um, understanding of Persian culture, and um, with all the aspects of respecting all the religions, like DNA had no race, color, religion. So, mainly, yes, education was uh, very norm, but because all the nieces, and nephews, and everybody was. Uh, excelling, and it, it wasn't a pressure. It was a pattern of life, mm-hmm. good school, activities, dance, music,
1: okay. everything. Right. But, uh, so I, I, I get that there's a, yeah, I get the pattern, but there still does seem to be a pressure. Maybe even it wasn't explicitly put on her from you, but that's something there. But actually, so, let me take a, let me take a step back. What did she say was her reason for cutting her relationship with you?
0: I think that's the the $1 million question. She, um, I think, she never is straight As soon as she broke up with her boyfriend, uh, which was a little bit, you know, to me, she was, she went to college, met him, and uh, totally from 4.5 became a very bad student because of this relationship. So I put a lot of emphasis that you're in college, you have to consider. Like, and the test night, he would make a picnic, and she would call me, Mom, we are at the beach, and I felt like, oh, my. Anyhow, I think uh, she never gave me a con- very uh, solid answer, but my conclusion is I was too nosy to interfere with her. Yeah. A boyfriend mm-hmm. and too protective of I protected her too much I think sometimes I think as an immigrant you try to protect your children from pain suffering right, I think but everything I'm, in the book
1: I understand and, you know, and I, I don't want to make you it's not about feeling what? guilt but I know you're talking about protecting, but I feel like you're also protecting yourself from being guilty or that acknowledging maybe you did do some wrongdoing. I know you said you apologized to her, but even the spin you put on it was... hundred I was protecting. But, I mean, I'm sure from her side, it was you were controlling and you were uh, interfering too much and doing too much yeah. rather than giving her her space sure. to make her um, I apologize. decision.
0: Doctor, well, I apologized. Yeah. I told her, uh, I sent her many uh, notes with... Um, Anything I have done, it was because of love or lack of knowledge, you know, and I asked her for forgiveness, but she never ever was compassionate towards me. Since she was little, she taught, I'm superwoman, and she is very compassionate toward all her friends, group day but when I look back, she never treated me the way she treated her friends because I was, I think she was a little bit spoiled and self-centered as only child, The whole world revolved around her. But I was guilty of also being in her uh, business on that Mm -hmm. sense, which I removed myself very politely. I accepted that it's my fault. Forgive me. And you don't know how many notes and messages I sent. Nothing helped. Yeah,
1: I mean, but even, and I I get that. I think it's... One of the best ways we can reconcile a relationship, especially I think parents can do it often with their kids, is to apologize. So that's good. hundred times. But I'm hearing what, in hearing what you're saying, you know, you said like she saw me as superwoman, but you have to yeah. recognize the place where you wanted her to see you as superwoman. So well, I
0: told her after she grew up, I'm not. I told her. I know, her but I it's too.
1: It's I know, but it, it could be too late. But I mean, what I'm saying is, sure. we have to recognize if someone sees us in a certain way, it, it sometimes can be their issue. But especially if you're talking about your kid, you wanted, and maybe for, I'm not saying it was a poor motivation or you were coming from a bad place, but you wanted her to see you a superwoman. You wanted her to see you as, and even the way you're presenting yourself to me, you're emphasizing your strength from from the from the first second. I'm not saying you might be a remarkable woman, but I'm telling you what I'm hearing and what you're saying is you keep talking about how great you are and your family is and the lineage and how great you were. And then you say, I don't know why my daughter sees me as superwoman. Well, I think you want her to see you as superwoman. It's not just she made that up herself. She didn't just say, you know what? I think my mom's superwoman. Now, all kids have this feeling when they're very young they want to idealize their parents and that can even be a good thing to small degree when they're very very little but i think you wanted to hold on to that and you've acknowledged which is good that maybe or not maybe it seems likely it was too dependent me, of a relationship
0: say sure um, When then my mother and my cat passed i was totally depressed and she saw me in the lowest part too i totally respect good. what uh, you're saying how old was it's she very then hard to... Pardon me
1: H- how old was she then
0: when she was twelve, I had an accident. I was two months underground hmm. and and uh, literally paralyzed. They supposed to cut my leg, which never wow. happened. But so she saw me in a very vulnerable situation. And at, at age fifteen, also when I got depression, I conveyed to her, "Honey, be careful because genetically you couldn't have that." So be open. The first week she went to college, I took her to the psychologist there. Sat with the therapist in the college, and I said, "This is my daughter. This is me, and I want to make sure she has a good life in the school." So I was
1: very open. Yes, but even and I'm sure. It, so maybe that was the case. But even what you're describing, definitely the feeling of the over involvement. Even in hearing you saying it, I felt a suffocating feeling that you go with her and make you know take her to the psychologist and say you know take good care of her. Or even when you're depressed, the feeling of uh, dependency is there that if I'm depressed, you can become de- depressed. Don't become depressed. Watch out for depression. It's a lot of pressure to put on a a young girl. I think you said she was 12 at the time or uh, 15, 15, 15. That's, That's still very young to, to put that. So I well, think it was the, accident. the accident. Yes. So I think, you know, the feeling I'm getting is you were in a tough situation. It seems like you did a great job as a single mom raising her. Um, But at the same time, yeah, you guys probably became dependent on each other. You had her and she had you. And when it was good, it was very good, but maybe not in a really fully healthy way. But then it became bad, and that's where something went wrong. And that's the problem with a dependent relationship. It becomes almost all or nothing. And likely she can feel that a relationship with you is going to be too smothering, too suffocating. And that having you just just a little bit doesn't work. It has to be very black or white. And so we can look at that. You know, I do want to continue talking with you. And we're at a commercial break. So just hold on the line. Let's talk a bit more after the break and, and see what we can come up with. Okay?
0: I appreciate that. Dr. Oh, sure. Thank, thank
1: you. you. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fatty Dulaqui. We'll be right back. back. Let's go back to our caller. Radio Hamra, are you still there? (laughs) You are are ready um, to go. (laughs) Yes, go ahead.
0: Yeah, The the reason I want to just ask you before I forget Mm -hmm. my old age um, is I totally respect her space and I come to conclusion, I convey to her I'm fine with it and uh, um, the door is open uh, but what should I do on holidays? Like we have a, mo- a mutual account, which I usually put a little bit gift with a note, ha- like happy birthday or happy Halloween or happy New Year or this. Should I continue that or totally not reach her till she reaches?
1: Now, you know, one thing I'll say That's is my- sure. Holidays are, are. I'm sure it's very tough for you yeah. when you don't have someone. Now, your daughter's is still alive and those dates are hard it's also very hard for people who've lost someone the anniversary of their death or their birthdays or holidays can bring up a lot of feelings so that's something we want to be aware of. So I'm, I'm sure that is difficult for you. And I don't want to undermine that, that I, I recognize this is, is very painful for you. And it's, I'm sure it's been very hard for you, especially... You
0: decorate the trees that since you were two together. I kept all the ornaments. So, hmm. we, we, But but doctor, I'm extremely logical yeah. on that. Yes, I come to conclusions with exercise, meditation, charity work. I try to be, keep busy. But what's your suggestion about accepting respect? and should i reach out to her or not
1: that's my question. my guess is based on the way you're describing yourself and presenting yourself that i would say reach out less than you are right now because even what you described is a halloween and you know if you want there's like a holiday every week you could find to give a, have an excuse so it seems like you might be reaching out it might be almost too much in a way still invading her space In a way, you know, if there's it's Halloween, then it's Election Day, then it's uh, Veterans Day and then it's Thanksgiving, you know.
0: No, 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 it's mainly Thanksgiving and New Year and Halloween. Well, Halloween.
1: I mean, she's 28. So Halloween for 28 year olds, you know, it's less about candy. It's more about having fun. But nonetheless, but I just feel even again, even in how you started when we came back from the break or there's been a few times I've been talking and you've been just ready to to say what you have to say. It is difficult for you to maintain your space and to respect someone else's space completely. And that's something I'm sure she feels. So again, if anything, you have to recognize, you probably think, I have to do more. How do I do more? It's at least your default. Maybe logically you're thinking something else. But I really do want you to recognize, in general, it's going to be less is more. If you've told her the door is open, then you can't, you know, you told her the door is open. You have to run every day and say, by the way, the door is still open. Door's still open, door's still open. You've let her know. Give her some space. Of course, we can't guarantee what she's going to do. But even in how you're talking, it makes me think about the conversations you have with her with your apologies. Because I've worked with some families, and I've seen sometimes the apology can actually create more anxiety than healing. So if I tell you, you know, I'm so sorry, you have to know I made mistakes. I tried my best. I didn't know what to do. It was going to be better. It doesn't become an apology anymore. It becomes more about ridding myself of guilt or just the feeling is so strong and so intrusive that it it doesn't feel like an apology or you don't have the space to respond in a way that can lead to healing so your communication last
0: year doctor no last year i didn't reach out to no no halloween no thanksgiving no christmas mm-hmm. i just sent a note with 50 different languages i'm sorry that's hmm. I totally didn't reach her in any manner.
1: And, and if you, year, if you had to tell me what you're sorry about to her, if you could put it into like one sentence, cho-
0: chose a wrong man, not, not to be in her life.
1: Okay, okay. But I think I feel like this is going to get to be a really long sentence if you start it that way. But if you have to really, what do you think she's upset about, or what made her? If you really think,
0: oh, too much, too much. Uh, as you said, too much control might be in in uh, nosiness. May may not nosiness. Too much. Put. You got it well. Too much. When when you suffer, as, as I'm not excusing myself. I'm totally. Uh, as you see, for sure, I'm not perfect. I told her I'm not perfect. I think mainly. Um, I, I think you said it well. She is t- we were too too mingo mm-hmm. and i think for her is a freedom and to me right now she's happy healthy successful so i should bug off and literally let her be i don't so, think that's what it no? is
1: because people don't that's not how i don't think how people operate the people aren't oh i'm successful and i don't want to be around anyone that doesn't make sense the, No, if,
0: she's around her friends she's happy with them she doesn't mm-hmm. want me i'm a burden but why do you okay so
1: okay let's let's go with that why do you think you're your she sees you as a burden
0: oh i really don't know. i'm a burden um because i want to fix everything i want to okay. fix all her pain okay i want to fix all her pain yeah i think but but i hear you so this new year this this holiday i decided no i'm not going to reach out to her anymore i'm going to let her be and wait for her mm-hmm. that was my conclusion Okay. I really don't know what to do, dog.
1: No, I understand. I, anything you... Mm-hmm. Go
0: ahead. I accept. Yeah. I accept everything you said. Mm-hmm. I accept. I have no ego. I come to, to the age that I'm extremely thankful. I went through pain. I went through happiness. I'm extremely thankful, but my heart is broken mm. because... This is the time. All my friends, we have lunch. Their daughters are 35, doctors, lawyers. They text them hundred times. That's too much codependency. And mine never did that. I, so, but I went to a therapist years ago, and he told me you raised her too healthy. She's too healthy. I, she's independent. I she's don't, I
1: don't. I have a. I, I'm having a hard time with oh. that. I, I'm just having a hard time with that. That feeling that. I'm so healthy, I don't want to talk to my mom anymore, who was the most important person in my life, and that's the reason. Now, I'm not saying Thank you raised you. her bad, but it doesn't make sense. You know, it's hard for me to make sense of that. You know, you did such okay. a, We had such a good relationship, and you're the most important person in my life, and because I'm so healthy, I want you out of my life. It's hard for me to... Okay. But Doctor,
0: that's... This is exactly my dilemma. This is exactly my dilemma. I left a message for her months ago. I said two things, honey. If I'm bad, tell me, I fixed it, I put, I respect your time. If you are suffering, which is exactly what my conclusion was, if she's too healthy, she wouldn't treat me like that. Because she might, I bet she suffered. We had so many good times. So I said, honey, regardless what your output is, I do not knowing why you're so mad at me, I okay. suffer, but I'm more worried that I'm suffering more. Because how could you detach from your only I, person? I know, but I'm just letting you, you know, that
1: if I heard that apology, it would stress me out. That that's okay. a lot of pressure in that apology. It's so many layers. Yes. It's so much. It's so many things. You know, it's saying, and again, you know, you talked about having no ego, but you make yourself the only victim here. <laughs>
0: You're, You're right.
1: You're saying, I'm the sufferer. I'm the one sufferer. I did everything perfect, and I'm losing. How unfair is that? And I'm not here to tell you you're a bad mom. I have my
0: feelings, doctor. I'm sorry. I have my feelings.
1: Of course you have your feelings, but I'm saying if you stay stuck in that feeling, you're not going to get to anywhere you want to get to. Okay. So you're saying on one I'm level... What I'm saying is,
0: I'm it, open to
1: okay, so I mean, you know, again, I don't, there's no magic bullet solution to this, but I want you to hear the dynamics because, you know, like we have about five more minutes together right now and you can of course call in another time and I'd love to talk to you some more. Um, But I want you to recognize it's more about the themes and the dynamics. Now you tell me, I apologize two or a hundred times, which sounds good on the surface, but what you just described to me I don't know how someone really responds to that. It's It takes a lot of energy first to just digest everything you're saying. Even for me, it was, let alone if I was the person who was actually involved in the relationship. And then to think of how to create a response to that is a lot of pressure. And even in what you said, as much as you were saying an apology, in a way you were saying, you're the one making a mistake. I'm the victim. So You know, I can say, and even in what you said, some of your apologies before, or you're you're describing your behavior, the mistakes you made, you couldn't even say the sentence without quickly justifying why you did it, somehow saying why you were right. So it's very easy to say, I make lots of mistakes, as it's a very humble, it makes you sound very humble, but to say I make lots of mistakes, but then in real life, when we say, what do you think about this? You say, no, that wasn't a mistake because I did it for this reason. And every mistake, you have a justification. Well, then you're not really acknowledging mistakes. Saying you know, I, I was too...
0: Intru- I just let her be, doctor? I totally respect what you said. I would say I give would- her some
1: space. I would give her some space. And, you know, when, when I asked you what was the reason for... I said one sentence, and maybe it, it's not fair to say in one sentence, tell me why you think she's upset with you. And,
0: I was a burden. I was a burden.
1: Okay. And I think it seems specifically with this relationship, you know, I've seen it before where people, they feel like, you know, you made them break up with someone they were with and they just hate that that you made them and they feel almost like you're no, responsible. No, I didn't
0: make that. No, 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 Dr. you That was totally her decision. I never interfere on that. I thought you said I you did interfere
1: made... with the relationship.
0: No, no, no. First they met, I just said, this was, they were seven years in relationship. Okay. First they met, I Convey my input. After that, I told her, it's your life? I respect that." I sent him Christmas gift. I told her.
1: Okay, he but you never. You, no,
0: you, was good.
1: You never said anything never about the relationship. I,
0: never, never. I told. If she was happy, I totally respected that. But you, but you thought I, she was it not happy. It was, it was, She wasn't happy, and she made a decision. I never, ever, because it was her life. I told her, honey, you're the master of your soul and body. I totally respect that. As far as you're happy, I am totally fine. But the first year, I convey my concern because it it was interfering with her schoolwork. After that, six years, they were together. She went to their home on Christmas and, and Thanksgiving. I never complained. I totally respected that. No, she broke up herself.
1: Well, I'm sure she did break up, but I thought you said you felt you interfered too much.
0: It interfered with her, like, like compared to many Persian mothers, mine, if theirs is 10, mine was 3. It was mainly like, maybe sure she's okay. I know,
1: but I still feel like you think you're in court with me. 10 and 3, I mean, I, I it doesn't sound like you're a 3 from what you've described to me.
0: Okay, make it five.
1: <laughs> I'm, I, and I'm not trying to compare you with other moms to say, are you the most controlling mom on planet Earth? That's not my, my goal here.
0: Well, you know, it's very hard, doctor, to convey what it is. It, I didn't, I was there for, because I never had anybody to fall back when I came. Sure. And I wanted to make sure, like, it's still to tell. The last conversation I left her was regardless, I respect your decision but remember if I die everything I have is yours while I'm alive I want to transfer it to you so
1: wow that i, that, I mean but I, I but i want you to hear these these statements you're making i feel so much anxiety hearing you just say something like that and again i'm not the person involved okay i respect your decision okay. but if i die here's what's going to happen it's very intense it's a little t- it's it's It doesn't sound like you're saying, I respect your decision. There's a lot of anger there. There's a guilt trip you're trying to put her on that, you know, you might not have me anymore. You're going to lose me, and then you're going to feel bad about it.
0: No, doctor, you're so, so American. You don't know Persianistan. (laughs) Persianistan is, while alive, I want to make sure you enjoy your life. Okay. Uh, that was my convey but like, I, I told her I am very healthy I'm going to leave another 20 years and I want to see you once a year I did everything in the book in my little brain I, I think I think that's the problem that.
1: you did everything in the book there's too many things that you did yeah, I know, okay. you, you know, it's so, like, you know, you look, do I,
0: holiday, I, I won't do it you
1: know, look, this is like someone I saying,
0: holiday, I won't send no, I know,
1: sometimes. but let me, let, okay, let me, what you're telling me you know, is like, if someone said, "Here are some good ideas of what you can do with your child, and then someone says, I want to be a good parent okay. and do 50 activities in one day, that's not good for the okay. kid, you know, so to say I did everything in the book, because I love them so much. It's not really loving. It's too much. Okay, here are some foods your kid likes. I'm going to bring 40 meals to the table because I love them so much. That's not love. That's too much. That's that's hurting okay,
0: them. Let so me, let me ask you.
1: Something. We, we do have to so wrap right up.
0: Now, Yes. Wrap is not to not call, not to send a message. Wait for her to
1: I would give her a little bit of space, but I want you to recognize that it's not just about the next tactic or technique that can be important. But the whole approach to the relationship has to be different. And we brought up some themes, but I hope maybe you can call back and we'll talk a little bit more because to me, what you do next. In one moment it's probably less important than how you treat her and the relationship going forward. And I hope you I, I can understand it's been hard. You love her so much, she was maybe she was too much of your life, but nonetheless, she was such a big part of your life, and to not have her for two years is painful. But
0: is there any book doctor? is there any book? I don't know or about or a book I can read.
1: I mean, it's it's I codependent or no more, I, I think is a good book, but it's talking about being too codependent which you probably have that relationship with her, but I hope you'll either pursue your own therapy or call back and we can talk some more. I do have to wrap up the show for tonight, but I, I appreciate you calling. Thanks
0: so much. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. I hope Next the same time for time. you. Thank
1: you so much for calling. call. Hope to talk to you thank soon. You. All right. Sorry, we had to cut that short because we have to end the show. Uh, thank you to all the, the, to the caller there and the listeners out there. And I'm here here in the studio. You've been listening to in session with Dr. Fadi Dalaqui. Have a wonderful night.